Greetings, everyone. Uh, welcome to the St. Mark's Bread in the Wilderness podcast. This is another episode of Eat This Book, where we pray the lections together and uh, reflect theologically on their uh, import and meaning. I'm Tyler. I'm Holly. And uh, today we'll be praying our way through the readings appointed for the fourth Sunday of Advent, so we're getting down to it here, Holly. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a break. I think our next podcast will be for the first Sunday after the Epiphany, January Great. 8th. Okay. Somebody's paying attention to the calendar. That's good. I will pray the Collect for Holy Scriptures, and then we'll do the Collect for the day, which for my money is the best Advent Collect. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. What makes this the best one? Um, I, well, I think that um, a big part of the life of discipleship comes down to making space for God to get at us. Um, and there's this kind of lovely dance between preparing the mansion, the good and broad land that uh, Christ can find in us, and then uh, yeah I don't know and the daily visitation yes yes already before <laughs> always already there yeah um, but then also making space for that to like emerge or manifest or express itself mm-hmm. uh, in and through us um, it seems like it's the daily visitation that prepares that mansion. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, hmm. I, you know, and also like in penitential season, sometimes it, it's easy to kind of get stuck in this world where um, you think you are undertaking a period of purification, so purify our conscience, so I'm gonna stop doing this, I'm gonna get better at this. Um, and it becomes this uh, very sort of willful um, self-improvement project. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Collect actually says that it's by the daily visitation that our, that our conscience is, is purified. So that even what we think of as our work is actually God's work. And mm-hmm. so it becomes much more a question of um, just disposing ourselves. 
done unto us or, or whatever. Yeah, receiving and meeting and opening to the daily visitation of yeah. Almighty God in us already. Yeah, and that the whole point of all of this is that um, Christ lives in the mansion of the heart. Mm-hmm. That's one way to understand what it means to be a, a human being in the Christian sense, is that we might become ever more closely identified with the the person of Jesus Christ that his love can be expressed through us. Mm-hmm. Right. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. All that. The true life of every life. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, that's what it means to be a truly human human being. If you read Walter Wink, mm-hmm. you know, he has these lovely little passages where he says he's not yet a human being. And you're like, what do you mean, Walter? You seem like pretty great. Uh, but his argument is that it's it's actually the more we uh, let go of slash die to self-centeredness and rise as the life of Christ that's uh, poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, the more human we become and the more our unique individuality is uh, expressed. So not an erasure of all that is Holly or Tyler, but a, a true expression uh, shot through with the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. That all of our gifts and uniqueness is, um, shines out resplendently mm-hmm. because it's touched and transfigured by the light of Christ's love. It's pretty awesome vision. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we can truly become ourselves. We're called to be, created to be. Yeah. Uh, in letting Christ live through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't all become the same Robot. <laughs> somehow yeah. cookie cutter people. Uh, no. I mean, that's what All Saints is all about. We see the crazy diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing you have to say about God is God loves diversity. Yeah. Like, otherwise, we'd all look the same, think the same. Follow the same path, trajectory. Yeah. Be very boring. Isaiah? Yes. Okay. This is Isaiah 7 10 to 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary for, for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall give him the name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose, whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Is it too little for you to weary mortals that you're in my goggles? Oh, prickly. Uh-huh. Prickly prophet. They tend to be. Yes. We see so clearly the ways that we are going wrong, life according to mm. the self. Yeah. And over and over call us uh, to live with God at the center of our life, mm -hmm. to live a life that is truly life. And, and they get prickly saying so over and over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it seems that the Lord invites Ahaz to ask for a sign. And Ahaz says, no dice. I'm not playing. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. It seems like... Because sometimes asking for signs... not taking the is, risk. Yeah, sometimes asking for signs is like, uh, like a symbol of bad faith. Mm-hmm. You know? Show me a work. Yeah. A that, wonder. Yeah. Um, but here, it, it almost seems like I will not ask, like, mm -hmm. and it really is like, I can't ask. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't admit uh, anything so greater like, than myself. I can't admit that I don't know. I can't be needy. I can't be dependent. Guys in false humility. Oh, I wouldn't put the Lord to the test. No, it's like, no, no the, the Lord is asking <laughs> and inviting you into this relationship. Come, uh, let us hash it out. Uh-huh. in response to that, that Isaiah is, uh -huh. you're wearing, <laughs> yeah. not just wearing mortals, but wearing God also. So, But he still gets a sign. Mm -hmm. The but Lord himself. Always an invitation to relationship, whatever that looks like, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you're angry, okay, let's, 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 mm -hmm. let's have that conversation. If you're woeful and brokenhearted, okay, let's, let's hear it. Mm -hmm. um, but like, so, so always... The, it seems like the first step is always like just being willing to engage in relationship uh, no matter like where you are and how you are mm -hmm. and say okay I'm really mad at you and I don't have much else than my grumbly little mind right now Lord but here I am mm -hmm. right yep to show up and See and be seen, right? Yeah. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. <laughs> However it is. No, right. Yeah. And then we get this glimmer of the promise, obviously. Mm -hmm. The person of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. In the midst of this human life. However it is, in all of the ways that it is. Mm-hmm. Shall eat curds and honey. I always wonder, I know that's not the same thing, but like, because there's a way in which, obviously, like, life in Christ is the promised land. Mm -hmm. The land of milk and honey. The good and broad land, like mm -hmm. I always say. So, I wonder if there's this little glimpse, like, not only does he eat honey and curds, but he 
life in him is honey and mm -hmm. curds and this little glimmer of like you know waters rising up to eternal life on wine, like all these feeding and provision images of mm -hmm. like inexhaustible abundance. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Jesus is also uh, the the manifestation manifestation of uh, love that Israel has been being guided toward through their whole history. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's not just he's eating curds and honey, but in him, this people right. that God has been shaping and forming yes. is finally in the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are in the promised land, then the only thing you are concerned with is making sure that your neighbors, the last, the least lost, left behind, the alien in the land, the stranger, is there too, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this... Um, it frees up all this like um, energy and loving kindness and compassion mm -hmm. for uh, serving others when you no longer have to feel like you have to get to the promised land or you have to earn the promised land or you gotta mm -hmm. maintain the promised land. Like if that's all taken care of, mm -hmm. then you have all this energy that can then be directed outwards, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's... And I think that's the land that will be deserted, mm. the one before whose two kings you are in dread, Yeah. is that land of self-measurement and concern. Am I there yet? Mm -hmm. And how do I get there and earn it and be worthy of it? Or repent enough or yeah. <laughs> um, turn myself into something different uh -huh. to get there? Purify my conscience. Mm -hmm. Or purify the people <laughs> yeah, purify of that people. land. Yeah. yeah, that happens. Uh -huh. All the time. Okay. Let's pray this psalm. Uh, do you want to do it responsively by whole verse? Sure. Okay. Hear, O shepherd of Israel, leading Joseph like a flock, shine forth, you that are enthroned upon the cherubim. In the presence of Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come to help us. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angered despite the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have given them bowls of tears to drink. You have made us the derision of our neighbors, and our enemies laugh us to scorn. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, the son of man you have made so strong for yourself. And so we will never turn away from you. Give us life, that we may call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. So there's this. Refrain. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. There's a recognition of our need for God. Mm. We can't restore ourselves or save ourselves. We're looking uh, to God outside of ourselves, um, outside of this small, constricting land where we are <laughs> plagued and, and plague each other with our competition and striving and yeah. 
continual search in ourselves. In your light, we see light. I, that's sort of what I hear a little bit. Like the light of, uh -huh. what is the light of God's countenance that is so saving? You know, how do we access that? How do we dwell there? Mm -hmm. But dwelling in that light of God's countenance is saving, restorative, uh, even when our neighbors deride us and our enemies laugh us to scorn not such a big deal he'll give us life mm -hmm. that we may call upon your name is that what life is? To call upon God's name. Yeah. To be dependent, responsive, receptive. Instead of self-contained. Yeah, and in the you know Eastern Orthodox tradition, obviously, to take that very literally, that means say the Jesus prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, that our lives can become um, like a prayer without ceasing. Um, but you can also, there's other ways that that's sort of figured or expressed in the Christian tradition um, where it's uh, sort of like habituating or stabilizing in a um, continual sense of God's presence, right? Dwelling in the light of God's countenance. Mm -hmm. It probably all ends up being, it has to all end up being the same thing, mm -hmm. but. But different ways of enacting mm -hmm. and practicing that. Yeah, you, so what I'm saying is you can call upon God's name without moving your lips. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like your, your very being is uh -huh. a calling out, like you're saying. Uh -huh. So the epistle is the beginning of, to the letter of the Romans, uh -huh. so which has this amazingly long... I, I think Paul never encountered a dependent clause that he didn't <laughs> like. But this I think is, it is all one sentence. It is, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it totally is. So, kind of kind of famous opening to, to the letter to the Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, 
who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I think it's not just first century Romans, but all who hear this. Mm who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, who are called to be saints. Yep. Scripture, we always hear uh, speaking to us. Mm -hmm. To all God's beloved in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. Who are called to, who be, are called to be saints. Grace to you. What do you think this is doing on fourth advent. <laughs> I think again, looking to Jesus as um, the fulfillment of Israel, descended from David according to the flesh, declared mm -hmm. to be the Son of God with power. This is the one we've been looking for. Mm. Uh, so, so open your eyes. Look at him. <laughs> Here he is. I think it's not just saying this is a fulfillment of the prophecy as as some sort of gotcha. Right. See, proved it. Yeah. Um, but trying to show us this is the one in whom all of our hopes are, are and will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, what does it mean, do you think, like practically speaking to, uh, he says, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Like, what does it mean to belong to Jesus Christ? We belong to gyms. We belong to churches, families, political parties. What does it mean to belong to Jesus Christ? Because, like, tribal affiliation, you could say, belonging to, like, human-created temporal mm -hmm. institutions uh, could actually be the thing that is tearing the world apart mm -hmm. uh, most at this time. Is this just another Correct. form of tribal affiliation? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, 
there has to be something different mm-hmm. about this kind of belonging. Mm-hmm. And those, those small, petty, competing forms of belonging, they're tearing the world apart as they set us against each other. They also tear us <laughs> apart individually, right? Yeah. <laughs> All these different claims on us. I'm uh, thinking of the letter to the Colossians, the Jesus is the one in whom all things hold together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be a primary from the source of our being, the fact that we are at all, that we exist and have been created. That's our belonging to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, like, I think the belonging that we know in the flesh, to use a Paul term, <laughs> uh, is a belonging that's always... Uh, has an over against. Mm-hmm. I'm on this versus that team. You know, the World Cup. Sure. Are you going for England or are you going for whoever? Um, and it comes with conditions. Comes with conditions, comes with the uniform, uh, epithets that you hurl at the other side, you know, all of it. Deriding your neighbors. Deriding your neighbors. Um, and the belonging that uh, Paul is calling us to is that one body belonging, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're kith and kin of one another, mm-hmm. where we belong to each other mm-hmm. in a non-rivalrous, non-competitive, mm-hmm. what is it, Milbank's primordial peaceableness or something, mm-hmm. right? Like that kind of belonging mm-hmm. uh, that was before the beginning of the and like, what, it, what would it mean to belong to that, mm-hmm. where there is no over against? Uh, like that's what it would mean to, for our community to be a community of saints. Mm-hmm. Would be Each with its own gifts yes. and unique qualities, yes. not deriding each other or trying to cast each other out. Correct, yeah. It's the ear say to the eye, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. not part of the body, no. Yeah. What are you doing here, liver? Like, mm-hmm. you know. So you're all part of the one body, and then each one mm-hmm. offering gifts that only that thing can offer. Right. Paul's writing to Gentiles in Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so already people who are seen as being on the outside of the mm-hmm. promise. And, uh, <laughs> Paul is the great apostle to the Gentiles. I'm showing us over and over how God's promise overflows all of these boundaries we cut. Yeah. And so it's, that's, that's part of the stressing, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. no matter what you've heard. Mm-hmm. You'll be grafted in to the mm-hmm. into the tree, along with the original people of the promise, mm-hmm. which makes Christian supersessionism just so insane. When you mm-hmm. read the letter to the Romans, and it's like, <laughs> like no, you're you're a welcome visitor slash now participant mm-hmm. in the original promise, but somehow you think you're the original tree. Like that's crazy. It is. 
That's promise is not void. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay, so we'll do the gospel. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the birth narrative from Matthew. Now, the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this w- in this way when his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what has been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will they, they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. in dreams in the, the dream time that liminal space mm-hmm. you know and like I guess we could like literalize that and like you know like that's what happens when you lie down at night and after a certain number of hours you go into REM sleep or whatever it is But there's something interesting about like his dream is also it's prophetic in the way that uh, it is open to uh, imagining new futures, mm-hmm. new possibilities. Things that can't happen according to the normal rules. Yes. Of our, our waking. Yeah. Alert live, so called. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what? Like, even when you're awake, you could be open to receptive of those new possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. For for Bishop Curry's, you know, for God's dream to be dreamed, you know, through us, mm-hmm. rather than the human-created nightmare that we perpetrate day in, day out. Mm-hmm. The possibility of a beloved community of peace and justice and love, mm-hmm. uh, even when that doesn't seem possible according to right. uh, the rules of what we see right. around us every moment. 
and that in this child, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, we uh, start to get the shape of what this dream might look like when enacted and embodied in <laughs> human form. When we all respond to that call to belong to yeah. Jesus. Yeah. To live his life, to let him live his life in us. Yeah. I love this detail about he planned to dismiss her quietly. Mm -hmm. I think I've done, done stuff with this before, but like, that is like, you, know, you don't want to make a big show of exposing so-and-so to public disgrace, but you'll just quietly dismiss. <laughs> and like, I remember like, for, for an advent my that's I was I was looking at quiet dismissal <laughs> and the ways in which that was operative in my life mm -hmm. uh, from who I avoided uh, this was at some like said seminary but who I avoided in the hallways who I didn't eat lunch with you know it's just mm -hmm. these very subtle mostly unconscious forms of quiet dismissal mm -hmm. or sitting there and you know dismissing yourself mm -hmm. right like how you're actually feeling in that moment mm -hmm. you know quiet hardly even notice hardly even dismissal notice. push it away right you know, like I always say, oh, I didn't realize I've been, I've, yeah, I've been sick for 10 days and I haven't really noticed. I mean, it's quiet dismissal. <laughs> Not so quiet. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. but that's an interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and so, and so quiet dismissal is the opposite, right, mm -hmm. to what Joseph actually does next. So mm -hmm. you, can, you can learn what quiet dismissal looks like in your life and then that opens again the possibility that there's there's another way of seeing and being that's mm -hmm. that's not just quiet dismissal and angels yeah. opening line as is common with angels opening lines <laughs> do not be afraid right. to take Mary as your wife um, hmm. we see that quiet those forms of quiet dismissal as coming from fear right fear of being ridiculed himself, um, but mm -hmm. all of the, the fears of, of tearing down of our, our nice self-image. Well, children are terrifying as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first, like the first one. It's like, oh my goodness. Uh huh. But anyway. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. Um, about how when we were having, when Michelle was having our three kids, we were having kids together. My basic experience, my baseline of pregnancy is like panic and worry and fear. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's like 
unmanageable, uncontrollable, and you can't do anything except wait. Mm -hmm. And because we can't wait, I can't wait, uh, you panic, plan, read bad books, you know, um, or like, all like the right things. grumble, yeah. you know, um, and like after a while I was, it occurs to you after, you know, some months of this that you can't really do this, you can't live like this. And so there's this like, there's a surrender to vulnerability, like giving up control, turning it over to God, as people say. Um, but then you also step into like uh, this wonderful sense of like uh, provision, adventure, and mystery. It's like two totally different ways of approaching the very same thing, mm -hmm. right? And like you, I kind of like ping pong back and forth between the, the two. But I think it's, I think what you're saying about fear is like really true. It's like, because fear is always lack of trust, self at the center. Mm -hmm. Lack of trust in love. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. No. no, it doesn't. <laughs> but. But there is real security. Yeah. In that e love. Ease. Mm -hmm. Even through an experience as wild and terrifying and dangerous as pregnancy. Yeah, no, we just were, somebody was at my window waving at us. Distractions in the recordings. Yeah. We need a big red sign, I guess. <laughs> we need those egg cartons on the walls, right? Yeah, more help us. Joseph is the expression of humility. Um, yeah. Receiving what God gives as strange as it is, unexpected, difficult to understand. Yeah. Bishop, not needing any yeah. grand role. Bishop in the Spiegel mystery. was talking about him. Mm -hmm. She was joking, Tyler, you always talk about Mary, so I'm gonna talk about Joseph. <laughs> you know. That's probably how it should work, like, you know. I don't know. But they're both these Oh, that's part of the thing about Joseph is that you don't talk about him that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but both yeah. in their own way cultivate this disposition yeah. to say yes, drop yeah. what they were doing, and step into this mm -hmm. new reality, right? And, uh, Receiving whatever mm -hmm. role is yours in that, mm -hmm. be it grand and yeah. in the spotlight or... Totally off on the side. Yeah. Even 
subject to ridicule. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is the end of Advent. And wow. Are we done? I think so. All right. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless everyone. <laughs>